0: Right on radio. Right on radio. Good evening and welcome to the Saturday evening sermon. I am Dewey Johnson and the message that the Lord has given to me for you is from the book of Joshua, chapters 2 through 6. The title sums up the message, Fear Not. Let's look to the Lord. Father, I thank you that you are a God of peace, a God of confidence, a God who prepares your people even for the difficult times that we face. We give you praise for you are the almighty God. And we pray in the name of your son, our Savior, Yeshua, Jesus. Amen. Folks, these are exciting days. The floodgates are opening to expose much of what has been done in secret by the enemy, that is the adversary, the destroyer. But not only is the evil being brought to light, the co-conspirators, the human vessels of the enemy are being brought to justice. That's exciting. We may not see it all up front right now, but it is happening. You know, I do identify with Rabbi Jonathan Khan, who has said that as he has read through the Tanakh, the Old Testament, in his younger days, he often thought, wow, it would be really cool to live in Bible times. You know, I often thought that same thing as I began reading the Bible through at least once a year, starting in about the fifth grade. That desire has grown through the 50 some odd years since I began. But like Rabbi Khan, the realization hit me recently. We are living in Bible times. But... Is living in Bible times easy? Uh, absolutely not. That is trying to live in our own power. You know, we can only make it through these times as we learn to lean on God, as we depend on the indwelling presence of his Ruh that is his Holy Spirit, to empower us to live self-controlled, Upright and godly lives that attract others into his kingdom. A major event in the early days of the nation of Israel, just after they had crossed over the Jordan into the promised land, demonstrates the necessity of God's intervention to enable us to live victorious lives in the face of great opposition and enemy attacks. Joshua had just sent two spies into Jericho to surveil the city to prepare for their first battle encounter. They arrived and stayed at the home of Rahab, but their arrival did not go unnoticed. Their arrival was reported to the king And we'll pick up the narrative in Joshua chapter 2. Here goes. The king of Jericho sent a message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and are staying in your house, because they have come to reconnoiter all the land. However, the woman, after taking the two men and hiding them, replied, Yes, the men did come to me. But I didn't know where they had come from. The men left around the time when they shut the gate when it was dark. Where they went, I don't know. But if you chase after them quickly, you will overtake them. Actually, she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them under some stalks of flax she had spread out there. The men pursued them all the way to the fords of the Jordan. As soon as the pursuit party had left, the gate was shut. The two men had not yet lain down when she returned to the roof and said to them, I know that Adonai, the Lord, has given you the land. Fear of you has fallen on us. Everyone in the land is terrified at the thought of you we've heard how Adonai dried up the water in the sea of soup ahead of you when you left Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amori on the other side of the Yarden, Sihon and Og, that you completely destroyed them. As soon as we heard it, our hearts failed us. Because of you, everyone here is in a state of depression, for Adonai, your God, he is God in heaven above and on the earth below. So please, swear to me by Adonai that since I have been kind to you, you will also be kind to my father's family. The first principle that we must realize and with which we must encourage ourselves is that the enemies of God are far more afraid of him, they should be, and of his servants, that's us, than we should ever be of them. Let me repeat that. The enemies of God are far more afraid of him and of his servants than we should ever be of them. The word of God tells us the perfect love which is God himself, casts out all fear. We as believers should never be giving in to fear. That's what the enemy wants. That's what the enemies here on this earth want, is that we would be in fear. That's why we have things like So called vaccines and masks and distancing and so forth to try and keep us afraid of what is happening in our world. But if we are listening to the Lord and He is speaking clearly through the prophets that He has raised up in this hour, we know that this is not a time to fear, but rather a time to celebrate, to be joyful and to be confident in the king of kings that he will subdue those that are mocking him those who long to destroy us and those who are opposing his perfect will now the spies returned to Joshua with this good news then the two men returned descending from the hills they crossed over and came to Jehoshua Joshua, the son of Nun, and reported everything that had happened to them. Truly, Adonai has handed over all the land to us, they told Yehoshua. Everyone in the land is terrified that we're coming. Well, it wasn't just the people of Jericho that were terrified. Listen as I read from Joshua chapter 5. When all the kings of the Amorites on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites the Canaanites near the sea heard how Adonai had dried up the Jordan river ahead of the people of Israel until they crossed it their hearts failed them and they fell into depression because of the people of Israel wow God had the enemies on pins and needles but he wasn't letting the people of God off the hook. Following the Lord is rarely just a walk in the park. God uses times like this to help us grow in our faith, to sharpen us, to test and prove us, to prepare us to trust him for even greater challenges. The Israelites have just crossed the Jordan River on dry land in the middle of flood season. But that means they are on the same side of the river now as those who might want to see Israel destroyed, people that they are fearing. So now what does God do? Make it easy so they could just sit back and watch? Not at all. Now comes A real test. It was at that time, Adonai, the Lord said to Yehoshua, make yourselves knives of flint and circumcise the people of Israel again a second time. So Yehoshua made himself knives of flint and circumcised the people of Israel at Givat Ha'aralot, the hill of foreskins. The reason Yehoshua circumcised was that all the people who had left Egypt, who were males, all the fighting men, had died in the desert along the way after leaving Egypt. For although the people who left Egypt had been circumcised, All those who had been born in the desert on the way as they walked on from Egypt had not been circumcised. Because the people of Israel walked 40 years in the desert until the whole nation, that is, the fighting men who had left Egypt had died out because they had not heeded what Adonai said. Adonai. The Lord had sworn that he would not allow them to see the land which Adonai swore to their ancestors that he would give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So he raised up their children to take their place, and it was these whom Yehoshua circumcised. Until then, they had been uncertain, uncircumcised because they had not. Then circumcised while traveling. When all the nation had been circumcised, every one of them, they stayed where they were in camp until they had healed. You know, this reminds me of what happened earlier when Shechem, Shechem violated Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. Two of Jacob's sons, Levi and Shimon, required the Shechemites to be circumcised before they would ever consider letting their sister, Dinah, go with them. Well, the Shechemites agreed. But while they were convalescing and still in pain, Levi and Shimon attacked and annihilated the Shechemite men. Now, Fast forward back up to the Jordan River where they had just crossed. The people of Israel knew that obedience to God would make them vulnerable. A target for the enemies of God's people. While they were weak, recuperating, and in pain, the enemies could have easily annihilated the fledgling nation of Israel. But God protected them, hallelujah, and thus he prepared them for the next test. Yep, there is more before the victory over Jericho. Adonai, the Lord said to Yehoshua, today I have rolled off from you the stigma of Egypt. This is why the place has been called Gilgal, rolling. Ever since. The people of Israel camped at Gilgal and they observed Pesach, Passover, on the 14th day of the month there on the plains of Yericho. The day after Pesach, they ate what the land produced matzah and roasted ears of grain that day. The following day, after they had eaten food produced in the land, the manna ended. From then on, the people of Israel no longer had men. Instead, that year, they ate the produce of the land of Kena'an. So now that Israel had recovered from surgery, they must now wait again by preparing for and celebrating God's appointed time, the Moed of Passover. Have you ever participated in a Passover Seder, or have you ever helped prepare for such a celebration? I can assure you it's time-consuming and a lot of work, but then it is very much worth the effort. For those of you that may not be familiar with the Passover Seder, it is something that is old. It's been around for a while. It is the very meal that our Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, celebrated on the night before he was to be betrayed and then crucified the next day. It involved a lot of work, yes, but it's much worth the effort because all the way through the Passover Seder, it reveals truths about Yeshua, Jesus. But could you imagine doing all this preparation with an enemy army just down the road, just minutes away? This once again was an opportunity to trust the Lord for their protection. Once again, God was faithful. God rewarded his people with protection and peace. But there was more yet for which his people would need to wait upon him and to trust. Here comes. Jericho had completely barricaded its gates against the people of Israel. No one left the city. No one entered. Adonai said to Yahushua, I have handed Jericho over to you, including its king and his warriors. You are to encircle the city with all your soldiers and march around it once. Do that for six days. The seven koanim, the seven priests, are to carry seven shofars in front of the ark. What? They may have asked. You mean that we're this close to Jericho and we're just going to walk around the outside of their walls? We'll be sitting ducks for these Jericho folks to pick us off. They might've thought that, but they obeyed and victory finally comes. Dropping down to verse 15 of chapter six, it says on the seventh day, the Israelites got up early. At sunrise, they went around the city in the same way they had done the last six days, but this time seven times. That was the only day they encircled the city seven times. The seventh time, when the Kohenim, the priests, blew on their shofars, Yehoshua said to the people, shout, because Adonai has given you the city but the city and everything in it is to be set aside for Adonai and therefore to be destroyed completely. Only Rahav, the prostitute, is to be spared. She and everyone with her in her house. Because she hid the messengers, we sent. So you keep clear of everything reserved for destruction. If you bring a curse on yourselves by taking anything set aside to be destroyed, you will bring a curse on the whole camp of Israel and cause great distress there. All the silver and gold and all the brass and iron utensils are to be separated out for Adonai and added to the treasury of Adonai. So the people shouted with shofars blowing. When the people heard the sound of the shofars, the people let out a great shout and the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city, each one straight ahead of him, and they captured the city. And so, with the temptation to fear the enemy behind them, with a stretch of obedience and trusting God accomplished, they took the city and did to it what God wanted them to do. Today, we are being bombarded with temptations to give up, to give in to the lies of the enemy, even Satan himself. What we see and hear in the news tempts us to believe that all hope for a return to normalcy is lost. Que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. But, my friends, is a return to normalcy what we want? Really? How about rather a complete cleansing of our government, our media, Educational system, the medical community, the arts, religion, and family. What about new, godly, righteous leadership for each of these areas of influence? Oh, yes, we were told that Christians shouldn't get involved in government and leadership in the community. And unfortunately, we listened. And where has it gotten us? No. We can no longer sit on the sidelines and shudder in fear of what is coming our way. We must let go. Let go of fear. Trust wholeheartedly in the goodness and the grace of God and commit ourselves to pray for our country and for our world, for God's shalom, his peace, his righteousness, His blessing to rule and to reign. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, the time has come. You are in the process of defeating our enemies. But the, the time has also come for your people. Believers, to get off of the sidelines, to get out of the bleachers, to get onto the field, and pray, to act, to be involved in making a difference in the world around us. Lord, we may say we don't even know where to begin. But I thank you, O God that as we look to you and we pray for our nation, we pray for our world, we pray for our own communities, our congregations, our schools, our governments, that you will give us direction and show us what we must do. All the while removing fear from our lives because we know that as your people are working together, praying together and believing together for what you want to accomplish in us, through us, in our communities, in this world, you will be removing fear. And at the same time, showing us direction, showing us where we can have the greatest amount of influence to advance the work of your kingdom. As we were commanded to pray, we continue to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We give you praise for all that you're going to do. For we pray, B'Shem Yeshua, in the name of Jesus our Saviour and our Messiah. Amen and Amen. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time. Right on, right on, right on. Right. On radio. Right. On.